Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this week's Cyber Church. Man alive. Isn't it so incredible that, you know, you can worship God how you want to. You can have family meeting. You can have home meeting. You can go to the church of your choice. But you can also gather together with thousands of people around the world and be instructed in the Word of God. Get your heart established to be a disciple. Listen. You know, last week we talked about time travel to the past. We're going to talk about time travel to the future. What if you could go to the future and every problem be worked out and bring those solutions back to where you are today? Well, you know what? We're going to talk about how you do that in your heart, how God created you so that right now in this moment, you can take all the things you hope for, and those are the things in the future, all the things that are out there in the future that you're looking for and you're hoping one day will happen, and you're going to bring them right into this moment. Listen, you can get this at www.impactministries.com. You can watch all of our videos there. Be sure and check them out. I hope you've got this month's free download, Experiencing Tomorrow's Miracle Today. Man, this is going to teach you how to connect with God's best for you today. Now, listen, if you're not receiving our free monthly message, be sure and go to www.impactministries.com and sign up. All right, last week we talked about traveling to the past and dragging the past into your present life. Most people live in the past. They don't realize they live in the past, but they do. Because remember, we've had all of these life experiences. We've had all these things happen to us throughout our life. And unfortunately, in many of those life experiences, we pass judgments about ourselves. And we pass those judgments by saying, this is why this happens to me. This is why my daddy talks to me this way. This is why my teacher doesn't like me. This is why other kids don't like me or whatever. But we reach these judgments about ourselves. Now, once you pass a judgment about yourself, it very often becomes a belief of the heart. Now, once something becomes a belief of the heart, it starts defining your identity. It starts defining who you think you are and how you relate to the world around you. And so once you have created this sense of who you are, the sad thing is you only notice the things in your life that verify who you think you are. If you think you can't make enough money to get by, then the real truth is you will see, interpret, and understand life around you in a way that says you can't make enough money. You'll only see the opportunities that limit you. You'll only see the opportunities that cause you to fail. And this is why so many people struggle with destructive behavior patterns, repeating them over and over again. We talked about this last week. Jesus said in the parable, the sower and the seed, which I call the heart physics parable, he said, whatever you've got, you're going to get more of it unless you take the Word of God into your heart, you meditate on it, you ponder on it, and you change the beliefs of your heart. That's the most important thing in that heart physics parable. You know, he said it this way, whatever man has, he says he gets more of. And then he says, and to him who doesn't have, what he, even what he has is taken away. Now, that's not saying God takes it away from you or that God gives you more. It's given or taken away from you based on the beliefs of your heart. 
So I get these beliefs about who I am. I get these beliefs about how I think life is going to work for me, how my relationships are going to work for me. And when I get into a, a situation, let's say, you know, my life, for example, in my early life, I believed I was unlovable. Therefore, any relationship that I ever got into that started being normal, that was positive and healthy, at some point, I would sabotage that relationship. I would find some way to destroy that relationship because you're always going to follow the beliefs of your heart. Now, when we think about these things, we think about our beliefs affecting us. When we think about our thinking affecting us, we have this concept that this is just intellectual information floating through our brain that's affecting our life. No, when you believe something or even when you think something, your body goes to work to make you feel like it's true. So if in my past I was convinced that I was unlovable, then when I would get into a new situation today, and on a subconscious level, I would realize that I was getting into a situation that called for relationships, then suddenly, literally, my brain, based on my beliefs, my brain would begin releasing chemicals into my body to make me feel the way I felt when I was a child and when I had someone trying to convince me that I was unlovable or unacceptable. And I would have all of those negative feelings. I would have all of those negative destructive emotions because, you know, I have authority over my body. You have authority over your body. You don't realize you do, but God gave you authority. And anytime you think about something or like your body says, okay, this is what you want. I'm going to give it to you. So we start experiencing these identical emotions to situations that we had in the past which means we've time-traveled to the past, so to speak. I'm using a play on words. We've gone back to the past. We are reliving the past, but we're applying it to somebody new or to some new job or to some new situation or, you know, whatever. And really, that person may have nothing to do with our past, and they may be the person that's going to give us the job of a lifetime. They may be the person that's going to give us the career of a lifetime or the relationship of a lifetime, but... The problem is we are experiencing it as if it is exactly what happened back in the past. So now, I'd like for you to consider this logic. And see, most of us can connect to that concept. Most of us can connect to reliving the past. We may not understand what happened on a biological level or a spiritual level or an emotional level, but we just know we keep reliving the past. But I want you to consider this logic. If I remember a past event and my brain thinks it's real, and you have to realize when you start thinking on something, and particularly when you think on it to the degree it alters your emotions, your brain thinks it's real. Then my body is going to recreate all of the biological occurrences that it did while I was experiencing that situation in my past. So all the feelings of rejection, all the feelings of anger, all the feelings of hatred. So for all practical purposes, I have traveled back to the past, which I am now reliving. Now, if I can live the past today, then the truth that I've got to grasp is that I can live the future today. See, if I don't like 
what's happening in my physical body or in my emotions today. If I can't perceive myself as well and happy today, then most likely, or, or like most people, I'm going to look to some time in the future when I hope that I will be able to be healthy and healed and in love and prosperous. But that doesn't mean that I'm living it in the future the way I have been living it in the past. It just means I've pushed the possibility of change to some time in the future. See, when we think about the past, we immediately drag that into this present tense. But just because we're hoping for something in the future, that doesn't mean we have yet brought this into the present tense. See, this is a way of my heart saying, I can't have that today. Remember, hope, the biblical word for hope is a confident expectation of something. Well, if you're expecting something, it obviously has not happened yet. And so we always look to the future and say, there's some day in the future that well, I'm going to walk into this. Well, the problem with tomorrow is when tomorrow gets here, it'll be today. And you convince yourself that you can't have anything that you want today. Well, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, In an acceptable time, I have heard you. Now, see, most people think they're waiting on some acceptable time, some perfect timing of the Lord, or some reason it can't happen today. But listen to this. The Scripture goes on and says, And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now that word salvation, as I've told you so many times, it means to be born again, healed, delivered, blessed, prospered, protected, sanctified, set apart, redeemed. Everything else that we have in Christ is what salvation means. In other words, today, right now is God's acceptable time. Today is the day that God wants to meet all the needs in my life. And we all think that we're waiting on God's perfect timing, but the truth is the Bible tells us that today is the perfect timing. So I want to teach you how to turn hope into faith because hope is looking confidently to the future. Hope is expecting something to come in the future. But the truth is, once we establish hope, and I gave you an exercise to do last week, and if you didn't get to watch last week's program, go back and watch it. Just put this on pause and go to our website, www.impactministries.com, and watch it and do the homework that I gave you so you can build up hope in your life. And then come back to this place because I want to shift you from looking to the future, to having some expectation of future, to expecting something to happen right now. Now listen, hope is the forerunner of faith. Hope expects it, but faith knows it's mine at this very moment. So just like I can live in the past in this very moment by imagining and meditating and remembering the things that have already happened, then the real truth is I can experience the future by imagining and meditating on the things that have not yet happened, but the Bible says will happen. Listen, I'm going to go into some more of this. You don't want to miss a word of this. And remember go to my website, be sure and access all of these videos that we have to help you and to establish you because I want you to have the very best day. I'll be back with part two of this in just a moment.
I hope you'll download our series on the miraculous power of thankfulness. This is such an incredible, life-changing series. And it's going to take you through this whole process of how to establish your heart, how to come to the place to where you're confidently expecting the good things of God, but then learning how to operate faith to bring those things from the future into this very present moment. This is a life changer. It's going to change more aspects of your life than maybe anything you've ever heard. You know, we all are familiar with the concept of Abraham, the father of faith, and the concept of calling things that be not as though they were. Now, unfortunately, many times in those situations, we try to apply that to Abraham calling things that be not as though they were, but actually God called things that be not as though they were. Because you see, God actually conceives something in his heart before he speaks it. It's a real interesting thing in the book of Genesis when it says that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and it gets into this thing about God said, let there be light, God said, let these things happen. Well, in the Hebrew, there's different words for say, there's different Hebrew words for speaking something. And this particular Hebrew word about God, really the emphasis is on the fact that God created this in his own heart, just exactly like we do. See, we're creating the likeness and the image of God. God pondered this, God considered this, God worked out every detail of creation in his own heart and mind so that when he spoke, there was an explosion of life. And, you know, we have just tried to say things, positive confessions and all that kind of stuff. And the real truth, they've worked against us. And many times they've hurt us more than they've helped us. If you're not connecting with what you're saying in your inner man, when you're trying to be positive or trying to speak faith, the truth is you're just really going to hurt yourself because inwardly you think, that's not true. I'm just lying. I'm just making this up. So calling things that be not as though they were. This is something that we want to learn to do in this arena of the promises of God. You see, by calling and experiencing things that be not as though they were, I am able to incredibly influence what I'm experiencing inwardly. Now, remember, I told you last week, when we first start out acknowledging these promises of God, all we're saying is, these are mine. These are true. You know, we're not even trying to tell ourselves that, you know, we're not trying to say that we're healed when we're not. We're saying that healing is mine right now because I'm in Jesus. See, everything is based on whether I'm in Jesus. The prosperity is mine right now because I'm in Jesus. So it legally, it belongs to me. Now, there's a word in the original language, and it's the word no, which comes from the Greek word gnosis, which is not so much about intellectual knowledge. It includes intellectual knowledge, but it is about experiencing that intellectual knowledge, experiencing that information. See, it doesn't matter what is mine legally with God. It doesn't matter what is mine according to, according to the Bible or the finished work of Jesus unless I experience it. As a matter of fact, the apostle Peter, he says, he says, um, we have all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge, through the experiencing of Christ Jesus. It's not just the fact that he has died on the cross. It's the fact that we experience what he did on that cross. So we want to come to the place to where we start experiencing these promises, but that starts with just acknowledging that they're true. As long as you're trying to get healing, as long as you're trying to get prosperity, as long as you're trying to get peace, 
as long as you're trying to get happiness, as long as you're trying to get anything, you're constantly reaffirming within your own heart and mind that you do not yet have it. And when you do that, your brain is going to create all the biochemicals that are going to make you feel like you don't have it. You're going to have the emotions of somebody who doesn't have it. You're going to have the emotions and feelings of somebody that's in lack. And so you're just starting out acknowledging all the good things that are ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all you're doing. You're not saying it's working in your life. You're not lying to yourself. You're not deceiving yourself. You're just saying these are mine in Jesus because this is what Jesus got. I'm in Jesus. So that's what we're starting. That's what we're doing. I want you to realize that if I do with the promises of God what I do every day with my past experiences, then I can live those promises of God today instead of living, reliving these past experiences. So this is why I call this time travel. So instead of time traveling to the past and getting some negative experience and bringing it forward and living it today, I can do with the promises of God, with my hope in God, I can do with that, I can move forward and I can take hold of that and I can bring that into my present tense. Now, so instead of waiting for some time in the future to experience my healing or my happiness or my prosperity or or my joy or whatever, I can bring the future to this very moment. You know, twice in my life, I've struggled with the horrors of chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, once it was back in the 80s and, you know, I came out of it. And then actually three years ago, I spent five weeks in bed followed by five months of only being able to work 8, 12, 16 hours a week. And really, I never knew if I was going to get up and be able to get out of bed, if I was going to wake up in the morning and get out of bed. And this was followed by about three years, like I say, of never knowing when I would completely run out of energy and find myself in bed for days at a time. Now, if you're somebody who wrote me at that time, sent me an email, and I didn't answer you or messaged me on Facebook, and you're thinking, man, he don't care about me. No, I'll tell you what, I had thousands of emails and messages that went unanswered during that period of time. I turned down dozens of speaking engagements and I was unable to even spend time with my family or enjoy life to any great degree. But finally, you know, I would pray, I would have breakthroughs, I would get so far, but I'd never fully come out of it. And one day, you know, I did all these functional things on a daily basis, you know, my prayer life and then taking care of my health, where I finally got enough clarity of mind that one day I just came to my senses. I'll never forget, I just said, you know what? I know how to influence my heart. And, you know, like I said, I hadn't been clear-minded enough really to do it up until that time, which means I wasn't ready to deal with all the issues that were involved. I needed energy today. So I did what I have done so many times. I went into my place of prayer. I got in touch with God in my heart. I began to imagine myself being well. I began to imagine the organs in my body being filled with the life of God. And and I began to imagine myself being energetic, enthusiastic. And the more I pondered it, the more I moved it from some future event into this present moment. When it became so real to me that I began to feel gratitude. Now, this is a key factor. Most people have no idea of when or if they're actually in faith. 
See, faith is knowing. Hope is you're confident. You have a confident expectation. You're confident you're going to make it through it. You're confident you're going to eventually get the victory. You're confident you're going to find the solution. That confidence is something that's going to happen in the future. It's not something that's happening right at this moment. But what happens is when you move from the place of hope to the place of faith, and that word faith basically means you know, it's an immovable trust for God because, you know, Hebrews 1 says, now faith is substance of things hoped for. Well, that faith, that word substance is one of the translations. There's several meaningful translations that we're going to look at. It means the being sure. When you move from, I'm sure that I can have it sometime in the future because it's mine legally in Jesus to it is mine right now. I am sure it's mine. And you're the one that convinces yourself. You're the one that persuades your heart. The Bible tells you to persuade your heart. The Bible tells you to establish your heart and guard your heart and guide your heart. Once you establish your heart, the amazing thing is you will spontaneously feel gratitude. You see, you don't feel gratitude for something you don't have or something that hasn't happened. You know, back in the, really toward the end of the faith movement, and, and I thank God for the faith movement. I, man, I'm telling you, I've benefited so much. But many of the people who were second and third generations of the faith movement really twisted things because they didn't have the true life experiences. They were just repeating what they'd heard people say. But I remember hearing these guys talk about, if you'll just thank God enough times, then he'll do it. That is sick. That's dead work. I'm going to thank God enough times for something, and finally he's going to go, okay, you paid your dues. I'm going to do this. No, see, thankfulness is something that you express. Gratitude is something you have because you know something has been done. Now, the way I define gratitude, gratitude is the feeling. Gratitude is the internal feeling of, man, you know, this has happened, and I am grateful, but Thankfulness is where you move from the place of feeling it internally to expressing it to someone, expressing it to God or to the people around you. So, man, I went into my room, and I pondered, I meditated and prayed until it became so real to me that all of this was mine today that I actually began to feel and express gratitude to the Lord Jesus, to God the Father, because I knew it was already mine. See, hope had allowed me to travel to the future and see what could be. And seeing it and experiencing it until it became real brought it into this present reality. Now, here's the kicker. So here I am, chronic fatigue, and I mean struggling, 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 struggling. It took... 24 minutes for me to move my heart to a place to experience healing. Now, healing, every miracle is instantaneous. The Bible says labor to enter into rest. The labor that I'm going through is not trying to convince God. The labor that I'm going through is convincing my heart. The labor that I'm going to is getting past what my physical body is saying to me, what my emotions are saying to me, what my circumstances are saying to me. In 24 minutes, I got up well and energetic, and actually, I've worked every day since then. I've used common sense. You know, I don't work seven days a week anymore, but I shouldn't have been doing that. I worked seven days a week for so many years, I just ran out of steam. But I've got my life back. Now, I wasn't just faking thankfulness. I wasn't just saying thank you to force God to do something. I was truly grateful. And this is such an important aspect of life. 
When you feel gratefulness, you know you've moved from hope to faith. When you express thankfulness, it's going to move you into the ultimate connection with God. Listen, don't go away. Come back. i got a mentoring moment I want to share with you. If you missed any of this series, go back to www.impactministries.com and watch all these programs. And if you really want to dive in, be sure and get this series, The Miraculous Power of Thankfulness. It's going to transform your world. You know, Jesus told us to go and make disciples of the whole world. And disciples are people who know the truth about who God is, who see God as He really is and are able to follow the teachings of Jesus, not based on legalism or law, but on love and peace and find the wholeness of life. Every year in December, we give you a great discount on all of our materials because so many times people contact us, they want to give these materials to their friends and loved ones. You know, this is a time when you can take the book, The Gospel of Peace or Apocalypse or any of my series, even our heart physics programs, you can get at a discount. So it's a Christmas present to yourself. But this is the opportunity to give the people you love something that will transform the way they see God which means it'll transform the way they're experiencing God. And they can start this journey of being disciples who live and follow the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ and experience a life at its best. You know, our mentoring moment is where you get the practical applications, where you learn to put these things into practice. And if you've watched me much, you've heard me say this over and over and over and over again. The Bible tells you dozens if not hundreds of times to meditate. It's just not always there in the English language. And simply put, meditation is where you think about something, you imagine something, you ponder something until you experience it as being real. Now, a lot of people say, I can't do that. It's like, well, yes, you can. You know, if you've ever struggled with pornography, if you've ever struggled with thinking about somebody sexually, you know, you've done it. Now, I'm not trying to be crass here, but I'm just saying we all have the ability to do this. We've all done it destructively. We've all done it in ways that are detrimental to us. But that's just proof that we can think about something until it alters our emotions. So however you do it, whether you're thinking about what you're going to be doing, what it would look like, what it would feel like, uh, how much you would enjoy life. If you think about being well, being prospered, being happy, whatever, until you reach such a point that your emotions start changing, you start feeling like it's real, you have now moved that into this present tense. And that's when you begin to acknowledge that it is yours. You are in Jesus. This is mine today. And the more you allow yourself to experience it, at some place you're going to feel these strong emotions and you're going to realize this is gratitude. And that's when you express that gratitude to God. You thank God for the way He created you, that He made you able to do this. You're creating His likeness and image, that His promises are true, that you're in Jesus. But you express that gratitude and you right there, you set your intention. I'm going to get up from here. I'm going to walk out of here. And this battle is won. This is over. Today is my day. And it's amazing how you can get to where you can solve almost any problem in 20 or 30 minutes. 
Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.